Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. I'm Kim Greenhouse. If you don't know me, I've been doing some commentaries the last six months. And this, I would say, is probably the most challenging, complex commentary I've ever done and probably will ever do. It is the most loaded, charged, highly charged, uh, cancelable <laughs> piece of content you're going to hear in a long time. It is sad that you and I live at a time where you cannot strongly state something, passionately state something that you agree or disagree with in a number of subjects without being canceled or suppressed or censored. And because we live in this environment of intense suppression of discourse, not just in the United States, in different parts of the world, particularly online, I'm gonna do my best to be as articulate, to be as sensitive, to give you something, uh, food for thought, for critical thinking, and to ponder one of the most complex subjects happening today in society. That is the question of men and women, males and females, and gender. Now, why am I bringing this up and why am I doing a commentary about it? I think because a number of reasons. In 2014, I did a a piece, a commentary when I was in England called The Complexity of, I think it was called The Complexity of, of the Trans, The Complexity in the Transgender Space. I think it was an 18-minute audio. For those of you that are interested in that subject, I, I want to invite you to listen to it and think about it. I never promoted it. It was just something that I did. And it came out at the time when Bruce Jenner went public about who he is and who he feels he is and who he feels he's always been. And it just happens to be that when I was in Berkeley on the Berkeley tennis team, I did a mixed doubles tournament with Bruce Jenner, a celebrity tournament. And so I was very interested, <coughs> excuse me, I wanted to interview him, I couldn't get to him. I tried to interview Chris Beck, and CNN had basically taken over that space, and Chris Beck was launching his career and next step in life. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, so that didn't happen. But I also feel like I have a unique position in that I've been with men and women, sexually, romantically, and I really feel like I have some things to say about that, maybe some confusion to clear up, but I also have some things to say about the transgender community in space uh, and gender itself, being a male, being a female in society worldwide from the ancient times when humans first came online, and I don't mean online on the internet, I mean when humans came into the world till now. So I wanna invite you to sit back I have no idea exactly how I'm gonna present this or what's gonna come out of my mouth yet. I'm led by the spirit and the spirit will guide me how I'm to introduce this. 
there's a lot of letting go and vulnerability in the introduction of it because I don't really know what I'm going to say yet. I've prepared, but you know, when you prepare, you prepare to let go and then let things come through. Okay. I think the first thing I want to do, I have this beautiful rock and um, I want you to take a look at it. Now, to me, it looks like this dark forest green rock that's very smooth and it has light shades on it, okay, of green. Now, to most people, this is a green rock, okay? Even though it's smooth, it's a green, smooth rock. There are some people that are colorblind. They may not see this color like the rest of us, but most of us see this frequency of green, right? I have another pretty, it's not a rock, it's a crystal, an amethyst. Now, many of us will look at this amethyst and we will see the amethyst. We'll see the crystal. We'll see its articulate points, the lavender and purplish color it is. However, there are people that won't see this. They can't pick up that frequency. They don't see the way the rest of us see. Okay? They're not wrong. They're just colorblind or they don't see it. They see something else. And I bring this up because most of us, okay, are come into the world, I'd say all of us, through a body. <laughs> We're not talking about the angels. We're not talking about spirits. Most humans come in through a human body. And that body either has a male structure or a female structure. Now, <coughs> with that comes a consciousness, comes a something, comes a chi, comes prana, comes a, uh, um, a very, very ancient way of being in that body and expressing through that body that makes one male or female, okay? But even if somebody expresses differently through that body, you still come into your life, we come into our lives through a male or a female structure. And then there's what each society does with that, how they translate that, how they tell stories about that, how they attribute roles to beings that are born into that structure of body, what the expectations are, etc. When I was 16 years old, was it 16? Yeah, 16 years old. And I was in high school. You know what, I may have been 15 or 16. There was a time, I was on the tennis team, and for some reason, at that time, there was this new, <clears throat> it wasn't a regulation, it was like a new school policy, that women could play, girls can play on the boys' team. The boys couldn't play on the girls' team but the girls could play on the boys team if they wanted to. I don't know how this happened, but I remember talking to my mother and I said, what is that about? Why are they doing that? I mean, we never play boys when we play tournaments, ever. I mean, unless you're playing mixed doubles. I did play a lot of mixed doubles, but that's mixed doubles, you know, where uh, boys and girls play together on the same side of the court, you know? And I, I just remember thinking it was kind of, it was off. 
because the whole psyche, when you're playing sports, you know, there's a psychology and there's a psyche. You're not just playing that person's body, you're playing the mind of that person too. Girls and boys have different bodies. We have different musculature, different structures, and we operate them differently. And with that comes a consciousness, comes, comes subtlety, refinement, social refinement, cultural refinement that is true across the world. Also, what comes in that body is a cellular system, a molecular system, an atomic system, a physics system that's very ancient, a photonic system that's very, very ancient. And no matter what social policies we make today, um, you cannot change the ancientness of what we each carry in our blood, in our plasma, in our cellular system. We carry it with us. And now I wanna talk about males and females. To, to say that I feel like a male if I'm in a female body is totally valid in the same way it's valid for people that don't see this frequency of green to say, I don't see it, okay? But that is a different relating to, it's a different declaration to say, this is white. And you have to accept that it's white because I feel like it's white. And then saying that to the entire human population, do you understand what I'm saying? So that's kind of what's going on. Now, is there a space for people that come into the world through a body they, or a gender, I should say, a gender that they don't identify with, that they don't like, that they don't feel comfortable in, that they can't stand, that they hate. There's a space for people. There is now a space to say it, to own it, and to navigate in it. And that should be there. I believe, right or wrong, the people come into their lives from other times and places, like a soul incarnates into a structure, uh, being male or female, coming into a certain structure, and agrees to come into each lifetime or any lifetime with lessons to learn, things to get done, soul growth that there are commitments to, schedules of souls to meet and do things with, Sometimes it's to wrap up things with other souls. Sometimes it's to do things with other souls and live and, and um, travel and whatever it is, okay? So when a person comes into their life and they have this kind of experiencing being in their structure and disliking it, detesting it, and feeling miserable about it, I believe that... These beings have come in through another incarnation 
to deal with something very complex, very unusual, okay, and more in a rarity space. It's like they're in a unique tribe, okay? And that tribe should be treated well and understood and received. And they should never, ever, ever be violently attacked or anything like that. However, there also needs to be space for the general population who doesn't relate to it, doesn't understand it, is afraid of it, and doesn't want to associate with it. That's fair. I mean, there are cultures of people other cultures don't want to connect with and don't want to play with and don't want to do business with. It's all the time. It happens all the time. You know? I come from a Jewish family. A lot of Jewish people want to do business with Jewish people. I happen to know people from all over the world, from the Middle East, from England, from Australia, Canada, I mean, you know, India. And I know that every culture really likes to do business with their culture. They really do. They prefer it. It's more comfortable for them. From Iran, you know, it just is that way. It's not a bad thing. It's not a I hate these people thing. People want to associate with people they feel comfortable with, they understand, etc. I feel strongly that there's been a, uh, a deliberate political agenda operating very much in the background to disconnect human beings, males and females, from their male and femaleness. I mean, saying that men can have babies, for example. You know, women have struggled a long time to be able to, I'm going to say, speak for myself, to express ourselves, to experience power uh, without it being uh, rejected, uh, to own our power. We've worked very hard over, over long periods of time to be in the world, to be able to participate in the world, not exactly like men, not to be men, but to participate and have the opportunities and the access that men do. It's taken a long time. And by the way, not without ramifications socially uh, and not without collateral damage socially, but nevertheless. So to take away the female experience, and that means women who are in a structure of a woman's body, to take that away and say it doesn't exist. We're not going to call women women. We're not going to call mothers mothers. We're going to take that away and we're going to erase it from all of history and humanity. What is that? What is that? What is that desire to do that? Being a mother is one of the greatest sacrifices, one of the greatest experiences of a, of a woman's lifetime. And organically, women have babies because that's by design what their bodies and their incarnation has given them the opportunity and the pleasure and the delight to do. So to say there's no such thing as a mother because men can have babies too, I want to tap into that for a minute. I am sure through genetic engineering that men 
can be made to do anything. In the same way, we have made robots, robotic everything. We have made clones. And if you don't think that the cloning program is only at the level of dogs and cats, you don't know what's going on. Science is very advanced, very advanced. And the human race is being remade biologically, chemically, and has been for a long time to disrupt the vital energy, the maleness and the femaleness that makes us who we are and to disrupt our biology, whether it's chemicals in the water, chemicals and nanoparticles being dropped from the air in geoengineering, uh, glycosphate in the food supply disrupting the human um, uh, digestive system and the immune system, or through other implements that are being done in the pharmaceutical space to and about humans. So there is this attack, there is this warfare against being human in a male and or female structure. It is looking like there is an agenda to disassociate us so totally from that experience and not just to disassociate us from our own biology, our biology wants and needs, but to reprogram our understanding of togetherness so that it's mostly virtual and that it's not physical and it's not biological. And this makes me very sad as a human being, very sad as a human being. To the religious people, of every religion, I know and I understand where you're at. I get it. For you, this is frightening and terrible. And I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. This is frightening, okay, and terrible. What's going on? But there is a space and there should be a space to receive people who identify differently in the same way they identify this color differently. They should be received. That doesn't mean they have to be liked. That doesn't mean they have to be wanted, but to receive them and their struggle and their unhappiness, okay? And their push to want to be structured in society. And they should be structured in society, but not the way and manner in which it's happening. For example, um, when J.K. Rowling, I don't remember all what she tweeted. I think it was a few years ago. She said that women are women. And that, I, I, you know what, I don't, I, don't want, I don't want to repeat what I think she said, but whatever she said about that, okay, she got doxxed at her house. People were giving out where she lives. I mean, that's how frenetic, chaotic, and violent the response is. It can't be. It will never, the trans population will never be received in society, even if there's a political agenda to do that, to force it, because nothing forced is really received. 
that's not re reception and receptivity is not by force. They're two different gestalts completely. So I say to the trans community who has, in a sense, imposed, really imposed your experience and your views into and on top of males and females experience, almost to um, like disrupt it at a molecular level, like it doesn't exist. It exists, it's ancient. It's very ancient and it's worldwide. And I wanna invite you to just consider that there's another way. There's another way and that is to honor the fact that you are your own tribe. You're your own culture. You're not even of the culture of gays, lesbians, that. You're not even that. I don't even know what the whole LBGTQ whatever is about because this is its own tribe, you know? So I want you to consider that maybe you should name your own tribe. You know, you deserve your own name and not to be wedged in with gay and lesbian and this and that. I mean, I don't even know how that happened. Somebody planned that one. Because uh, uh, that's a whole other thing. We'll have a discussion one day, hopefully soon, about gay, lesbian, and bisexual and heterosexuals because that, that needs its own conversation. With respect to gender, though, Come on. If I say, if, it, if, if a rabbit says to a dog, you know, I really feel like I'm a dog. And the dog says, really? And the rabbit says, yeah, I really do. Um, and the dog looks at the rabbit and says, oh, wow. I mean, and the rabbit says, then I am a dog. I'm a dog and I want you to treat me like a dog and I want to be able to stay in the pound like a dog and I want to be able to do what dogs do and I'm the same biology as you because I feel that way. Ladies and gentlemen, come on, come on. What are we talking about here? The feelings are valid. It's when the feelings cross the threshold from I feel to I am. I feel like you, therefore I am. You have to treat me like I am you. Well, I'm an executive for the rainmaking company and I produce and host its rainmaking time. And I want you to treat me like I'm president of the United States. Because I feel like I'm president of the United States. I want you to treat me. I'm the president of the United States. No election, no nothing. I feel like it. Therefore, I, you have to treat me like I am. Where is my detail? Where's my security detail? You know, Barbara Streisand is a very complex lady, very complex. I don't know her. I met her once on the tennis court when she was dating Ryan O'Neal, long time ago, at Sammy Match's house. 
Then I met her with Pancho Segura down in La Costa. And I guess she started this or she funded or helped fund, um, I don't know if it's a nonprofit or not, but it's to help women identify when they're having heart attacks. Because apparently the way men experience getting a heart attack, a heart attack physically is totally different, totally different. And a lot of women die because their symptoms and how it shows up is totally different in a woman's biology. And interestingly enough, the hormones are so different. The body's intelligent. You know, we can, we can flood the body with synthetics, but the body is extremely intelligent, knows what's going on. If you over flood the body with synthetic hormones to make one instead of, let's say, female for me into more male, you can easily establish conditions for cancer, easily. I mean, you can be on a little bit of hormone cream, testosterone, DHEA, uh, estriol, progesterone. And unless you're doing, and they're bioidentical, and you're really doing urine, you know, 24-hour urine tests, you know, every six months to a year, you start increasing in any kind of even small ways without monitoring, you can easily get cancer, easily. And I want you to consider that maybe it's not a great idea for young people to be asked if they feel very masculine or very feminine or they have feelings a certain way or influences going on through them a certain way. Maybe it's not appropriate to ask your young child or to have a teacher or a sports coach ask the child or suggest that they change their sex. I remember going to grammar school and on the playground, there were a lot of very masculine women. Very. I was a tournament tennis player. I was pretty masculine too. And you know, a lot of them are married with children now. And it would be terrible if they were asked to change their sex because they were tomboys. I mean, that used to be an okay thing. So what? You know, or if a young boy was more feminine, maybe he was more creative and, you know, less into science and less into math and less into sports. You know, um, it, it doesn't mean he should become a girl. And to completely disrupt and to kill off masculinity and femininity in terms of an energy, the Shakti, the Chi, how the Chi expresses itself in a young being and just say, if they're struggling with anything, well, they should change their sex. It should never be an option. Never. Because young people don't individuate, don't come into a full express sense of self until at least their 20s. So what are we doing? We're gonna get, we're gonna change their sex. They're not even old enough to handle what's going on in their individual lives. They're not developed enough mentally, spiritually, emotionally. They don't have the emotional intelligence to process things. 
So it makes me very sad that this is going on. I'm concerned that this is going on. And nobody should be talking to your children, our children, in school about their sexual preferences, teaching them about gay and straight and this and that. That is the role for the parents, not the schools. It's none of their business. So it's obvious that the schools are programming these young people. And I'd be very concerned how they're being programmed. And listen, I've led a bisexual life. I love being with women, by the way. And I've been with a lot of men in my life. I, what I'm saying to you, I'm speaking honestly, and I'm saying to you, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about this. It's improper for any other adults, unless they're called in by the parents to help facilitate a discussion with children or young people, not the schools. So I, I want to bring that up. You know, I mean, it just pollutes a young unevolved mind that hasn't had time on earth. And it also usurps the role of parents, which is not okay. It's not, it's very insidious what's going on. Very insidious. So that's something I'm very concerned about. How young people are being programmed to think, okay, about sexuality, about what's normal, about maybe changing their gender? Trust me on this. We all came into our bodies as boys or girls and have become men or women organically through time because on a soul level, we agreed to. We agreed, okay? And you're not going to tell me, okay, that this is by accident. It's not by accident. I've been around too long. So what I want to say to you is, oh, I want to bring up an example. Because my tournament tennis background, I read and I heard John McEnroe talk about, make his remarks. I can't remember what show he was on. About... You know, I can't remember how the question was asked, but go with me on this. Stay with me on this. Basically, he was asked what he thought, you know, S Serena Williams would be ranked if she were on the men's, you know, circuit. I think she, he said 500. I can't remember. So forgive me if I'm wrong about it. But whatever it was, it caused a big brouhaha. Big and he got in trouble and they kept asking for his apology and like, oh my God, I just want to deal with this for one minute. So John McEnroe, if you're around, look, you should have been able to say what you said. And yes, it was agitating. Okay. It was agitating for women to hear it. But there was a real truth in there. There was a real truth, even though Serena is built like a tank. Okay. Strong as an ox. The male body's different. I'm sorry. It just is. And that's the way it's designed. It's designed to be stronger, more muscular, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, was what, John, John, what you said, very aggravating and agitating? Yes. Was it wrong? No. 
Was it bad? No. Just agitating. We get it. <laughs> You're basically saying men are better than women. Okay. In some things you are. And in some things we are. Women are masters of seduction. Absolute masters. So much so that most men don't even know when it's happening. So, I mean, you know, we're different in different things. <laughs> I don't think that doesn't matter. It does. I want to say a little something about Anne Heche. You know, I didn't know much about Anne Heche. I just want to bring it up as part of this because she apparently, and I didn't really know this, so I feel bad I didn't know this, and I should have known it, but I didn't. So first, I want to apologize to Anne Heche because I didn't know that while you were live, really what you did in terms of the gay and lesbian community and what you fought for. I didn't get it. I didn't know it. But I'm glad I know it now and I get it now. And you're in the afterlife. So here's one for you. A thank you. And thank you for your sacrifice and your struggle and how you took a stand and how you in, had to internalize the shame of your position. Also being with a public figure, the complexity of that. And I want to say to you a special thank you for a distinction you made that I heard a few weeks ago and sent to my dear friend, Mary. When it comes to gays and lesbians, and we'll talk about this in another commentary because it, it, it needs its own commentary, and so did the bisexual space. When it comes to gays and lesbians, there is this thing, kind of a belief that, you know, if you're that way um, and you're with somebody who has never been there before, that the one who's been there before is influencing somebody who hasn't been there before, who's really not that way. There's like this, how do you say, like a, an undercurrent of belief about that. It's pretty solid, I would say, in the people I've talked to in the community most of my life, even though I'm not involved with the community, but as I've interfaced with the community. And there's this, uh, there's this thing that she said, which was, I want to be free to love who I love. I should be free to love who I love. And it doesn't matter what their sex is. And it turns out that that was a, uh, apparently a major bone of contention between her and Ellen. Because Ellen wanted her to identify as being gay and didn't feel comfortable with her in that particular area. Whatever it is, Ellen has her right to feel how she felt and whatever they had to do together. But what I appreciate is that Anne Heche made a critical, a very important distinction of wanting to be free to love who she loves. And she was madly in love with Ellen DeGeneres. And, um, it had their separation more had to do with the interior of their relationship and the lack of compatibility on the interior level of what they were each looking for. And that's fine. I mean, it happens all over the world. But I wanted to say that's a really beautiful thing to be free to love who you love, express that love, express that romantic feeling, express the intimacy and be in love with whoever you're in love with. I really appreciate that to Anne Heche in heaven. Thank you so much. That was a major distinction, you know, because it is about love. And no souls come together 
unless they have history, in my view. They have some history from other times and places. They've loved before, been around the block before. Either they have unfinished business or they're, they're going at it again or they're going to do something different this time. Love is love. Love really is love. And togetherness is togetherness. I guess the big struggle right now is how are we going to all have togetherness if we are not allowed to say how we feel and what we think and to ponder those things. We have to really open the space for receptivity. We have to open the space for togetherness, even if we vehemently disagree with each other. Like, it's fine if you disagree with me or you don't like me because of this or that, that's fine. We can still have elegant and beautiful and robust, deep discourse about it. So in my book, um, men are men, women are women, boys are boys, girls are girls, and there are those beings that want to shift that and come take their body that they came into their life with and shift it and make a different part of their body and live in a different way than they lived before. And many of the people that do that, the beings that do that, struggle still for the rest of their life. And society won't necessarily receive them because those beings are from a different frequency in the same way they see white in this rock and the rest of us see green, light green and forest green. And so there's a place for this tribe. It's just being inserted improperly in society and it's being pushed and forced on men and women who do identify with their bodies and their social mores and their customs and the way they navigate in that body and show up in the world. So I want to invite you all to think about this, talk about it with your friends, and know I love you and care about you, and I care about this matter that's going on, and I think that you need to call in your power and authority to not allow other people to program your children because they think they have a right to because they are in school and away from you. And I think we need to open up the space for more receptivity and receive different kind of people and different kind of tribes. I know I'm a member of a tribe. I don't know what you call it. It's rainmaking to me. <laughs> it's rainmaking to me. Anyway, it's rainmaking time. God bless. Thank you very much. <laughs>